Good evening. Welcome to those of you who are here in the house. Hello. I'm waving. I'm waving. Uh, and welcome to those of you joining us from your house online. We are thrilled to, to have you here with us. A couple quick reminders. Uh, Christmas Eve is this Thursday night, 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock. We are hanging out with Emmanuel Baptist Church and Element City Church. So you are welcome to be here on site. We'll still continue to be practicing physical distancing every other row. Encourage you to wear masks, but we will have candle lighting. Or you can prepare and meet and join in with us from online. Maybe get your own candles at home if you want to be a part of that for Christmas Eve. So if you happen to be new or tuning in new, we would love for you to download our free church app. You can get that from your Google Play Store uh, or the App Store and download, get that. Uh, it has so many different things that happen around here and look, especially on the events. Lots of different events coming up Christmas Eve and also a reminder, next Sunday we are not here physically. We are only online next Sunday. So tune in for that. We've been recording those things. And I want to let you know about our East students relaunching here in January. So January 13th is a Wednesday night, and we are actually going to piggyback with Emmanuel Baptist Church and their youth group. Taylor does a great job there, and Matt will be working with him, and so we're excited for that. So if you have students in the 6th through 12th grade, we'd love for you to talk with Matt, talk with myself, talk with Lyle. We'll get you connected in a way that you can jump back into some student ministry happening here in uh, January. January. So, anyone, how many of you have finished your Christmas shopping because you ordered everything online, and it, or maybe you're waiting for it to be delivered? Uh, but I hope you get all that kind of worked out, but we are thrilled to have you here worshiping with us tonight. We're going to continue to sing in to the season of Christmas, looking at the story of the shepherds tonight, and just have a great time. So, glad to have you here, glad to have you tuning in. As we get started tonight, I, I want to just pray for uh, our Church of the Week uh, this is the last church of the week for this year. We'll start that back up in January. Uh, that's a, with a four Tucson. Uh, they do that. And so there's 100 plus churches that are praying for one another all throughout the week. That's why we take time to do it. And it's for Menetiel de Amor, the Fountain of Love Church, Pastor Cabrera. So I'd love to pray for him, pray for us as we get started. And thank you again for being with us. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful. Um, for how you work across our city. And we lift up Pastor Cabrera and his church to you. We ask that you continue to be active in, in refreshing the people of Manatiel uh, de Amor. And we ask that you continue to expand their reach, uh, the impact that they have in their corner and their little slice of the kingdom that, that you've called them to tend and to build. We pray for your provision for them and for your wisdom and discernment for them as they lead and as they pursue after the kingdom endeavors you have for them. God, for Element City Church, we pray the same, that you would equip us, that you'd resource us, that you'd enable us and empower us to be a church that reaches out to our neighborhood, reaches out to our city. We pray that for all the churches who call Jesus Christ their Lord and the Savior. We ask that you would uh, mobilize us to be a force of good and a force for you uh, in this, in this uh, beautiful city that we love. We pray for Christmas Eve services coming up and for Christmas seasons with families. God, we know it's, it's a challenge time, but we're asking that you would be in the midst of this evening with us, in the midst of this season with us. We pray all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up and worship. Behold 
sing choirs.
Holy Father and Holy Spirit, be glorified on earth and heaven. Be glorified in our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name tonight. And we find joy in the moments like this. God, we thank you, loving Father, through a great love. You saw what's going to happen to the world, so you sent your dear son, your only son, to live on this earth, to walk on this earth, and then to go to the cross and give his life for us, for the lost, for the broken, for the sinners, for the hopeless. And then you resurrected us because through the grave, Lord, the grave could not hold you. And so we are alive in you and through you, Jesus. And it's not it because the Holy Spirit continues to work through his church in every one of us. What a beautiful plan, God. What a beautiful plan. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the beautiful Trinity. We thank you, God, that you revealed yourself to each one of us. And tonight we want to be full of wonder for who you are. Would you draw us closer to you? God, we love you. We are full of wonder tonight, holy and beautiful, full of majesty, King of glory. We love you. We praise you. And we pray all, the, all these things in your beautiful and precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. How is everyone? It's good to worship and lean into Christmas with you, and, and thanks for joining us online as well. And um, I want you to, to think of this uh, answer in your own mind. How many messages do you get or see in a week? How many messages come across your radar screen, so to speak, uh, in a week's time? Think about the extensiveness of that. Uh, I had the honor of making it to 50 on Friday. So it's crazy. I don't feel that old, but I'm grateful to you and to many of you who sent me messages. Some of them were gifts of just uh, people with walkers. Uh, thank you for that. Um, you know, it's just lots of different things, text messages, emails, tweets, all this kind of stuff, Instagram messages, stories. So, but you think about all the different messages that you navigate on a, on a regular week. Um, you may have days like on your birthday where you get more than the normal, but on just the normalcy of life, you probably have many, many different messages. Maybe you have emails that you're checking. Maybe you, anyone ever check their email and you're like, how did I get a hundred emails overnight, right? It's because you've signed up for every single thing in the world, and that's what you're having to navigate. Maybe you think of the social media stories, Snapchat, status updates, TikToks, tweets, pictures on Instagram, handwritten notes, cards, conversations with people. You think about the reality, the complexity, the, the, the massive amount of messages that you have to deal with every single week. In fact, uh, there was a study in Forbes magazine a couple years back that said the average American has to navigate 4,000 to 10,000 messages a day, advertisements that come at you. 
and, and you didn't think your brain was working hard, maybe. But you think about the reality of that, of how you have to navigate all those messages, all those, adver all those advertisements kind of coming at you uh, with such speed and, and ferocity, this idea of how do you navigate all those things. The reality is most of those messages roll right past you, and you never even give it a second thought. But some messages, well, they, they stop you in your tracks. There were a couple text messages that I got from people that I admire and care about that just kind of stopped me in my tracks. I hadn't heard from them in so long. A couple messages of people sharing things that would just kind of floored me. And it kind of takes your breath away. And tonight, as we continue on in the story of Christmas, we're going to look at, I think, one of those kind of messages that happened with the shepherds outside of Bethlehem. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to Luke chapter 2. You can open up uh, the app and go down to sermon notes and follow along with us there. But in Luke chapter 2, we're kind of finally getting to the section of Scripture that people would say, this is the Christmas story, right? Luke chapter 2 is probably the quintessential passage that people turn to when they look about the story of Christmas. We've been looking at different characters. We looked at Zechariah that first week. We looked at Mary and Joseph last week. And tonight, I want us to look into the story of the shepherds. And what's interesting is they had a message that captured them and that got their attention. Just like you and I have messages all over the place at times. In fact, a little side note, one of the tricks of uh, sanity in my life about four or five years ago was, I don't know if you knew you could do this with your phone, but you can turn off like all your notifications. Yeah. Like, and you're still going to live life. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that or not. But like four years ago, that was me. I was like, I am tired of being interrupted all the time. And so I just turned off every notification except a text message. That's it. That's all I get. Uh, and when I go to social media, that's like when I want to do that. And so I'm not interrupted at things. And then like when I'm writing or, or preparing or praying or so, I have this button. It's called Do Not Disturb. It's amazing. You should try it. Uh, so, like, that's kind of how you deal with some messages at times. But so, in this particular message with the shepherds, we understand that there was something that happened with him. It kind of starts the same way that Zachariah's story we looked at a couple weeks ago, and we looked at Mary and Joseph. Kind of similar story in that that it's one angel showing up to deliver a message. That's what happened to Zechariah. It's what happened to Mary. It's what we see in the life of Joseph as his dream comes and the angel appears to him in the dream. And so it starts similar, and yet it goes drastically different uh, for these shepherds. And, and I think surprisingly so, because of who they are and who they were. That it's really God's message through, these, uh, through this angel, and, and eventually you'll see the backup singers that come too, uh, that this through the angels that night that represent his universal message to all of humanity everywhere for all time. This group of angels that you'll see in a moment that starts with one actually delivers this message that is amazing truth and, and maybe encapsulates the message of Christmas, that Christmas is the story of God sending his message for all of humanity, a message that's not segmented uh, for just a certain group of people. It's not a message that's just for the right kind of people. It's not a message that's just for the best of the elites or for those with just certain connections. It's a message for all people. 
God's message in Christmas is an unlimited good news message from a limitless God to an inexhaustible number of people. That's the truth of the Christmas message. Anyone ever been to skate country before? Uh, Anyone wore roller skates? If you're watching at home, just go get your old pair of roller skates and watch the rest of the message with that. You'll feel really comfortable. Those are they're not really comfortable, are they? Uh, but yet we did this to ourselves. And, and if you remember being at skate country, they would occasionally play a song for you to go out and skate to, and they would call it the all, all skate, right? All skate. And what did that mean? Everybody out, right? Everybody out there. If Christmas has a message, it's an all skate kind of message. It's an all skate. Everybody's invited, everyone's included. It isn't just like a couple skate. It isn't just like for people who really know how to skate, the rest of you just sit down. It's an all skate. It's for everybody. And that is the message of Christmas. Here's how it begins Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were. They were excited. No. They were terrified. Why? Because you'd be terrified if an angel showed up outside your house tomorrow. Like, you'd be like, what in the world is going on, right? So that's what's happening. It's real life, people. And so this is what's happening for them. They're a little freaked out. And what does the angel say? Hey, don't freak out. Which is exactly what happened to Zechariah and exactly what happened to Mary and kind of exactly what happened to Joseph. I'm here to give you a message. The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring what? Good news. Anyone ever gotten bad news before? You know what that feels like. Anyone ever gotten good news before? You know what that feels like. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm bringing you good news. Good news for you. That will cause great joy for all the people. Not just some of the people, not just this group of people, but for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the one you've been waiting for. This will be assigned to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Every baby that's ever been born has been wrapped in cloths, okay? That's the reality. That's not unique. What's unique is where Jesus is placed. We'll get there in a minute. And then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So it starts the same. One angel, a message. That's exactly what happened to Zachariah. It's exactly what happened to Mary. And yet in the middle of this, it's like the angel just goes, I need some backup. Snaps, and like a host of angels. What you don't see in the English language is we have to understand, this isn't like, you know, a lead singer of a band, and then there's like a couple backup singers. It's not that. It's not the idea, if you've ever been to like an African-American church, and they've got a choir, and they are rocking. It's not even that. We're talking a host of angels. Do you want to put a number to it? Try like... A hundred thousand. 
It's almost like heaven is understanding that this is the message of Christmas. And God says to one angel, we don't know if it's Gabriel, that's who came to Zechariah, that's who came to Mary, but he's not identified here. So we don't know if like a junior angel got the assignment, that's pretty sweet. So God taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, I got a message for you, you're going to go down to these shepherds. They're kind of out in the dark and on the hillside, it's not really glamorous, but when you snap your finger, it's going to light up, okay? Because here's the deal, it's a big deal message, it's a big time message because it's a message for all people, all time. All skate. This is the message. You got good news. A Savior has been born for you, and here's how you're going to find him. Here's how you're going to identify that it's legit and that it's real. And then it's like all of the angels in heaven were like, God, can we please get in on the message delivery? And God was like, okay, fine. You can sing a two-chorus song, a two-stanza song, uh, at one moment, just wait for the angel to snap his fingers, and then you, you all can pop into the sky, and there you are. Think of it as a stadium filled of angels singing background to this particular song in this particular moment, at this particular place, to these particular shepherds. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to whom his favor rest. And then they're gone. That's it. Show's over. And the shepherds are left in the dark on the hillside with sheep who don't talk, who didn't talk before, aren't magically talking now. They're just there. And they're left to wrestle with this message. What in the world just happened? See, I think we become so familiar with the story that we forget the amazement of the story. That it starts very similar to Zechariah, to Mary, to Joseph. It's one angel giving a message sent from God, deliver this. And then a host of angels, thousands upon thousands, stadium background singers. And the shepherds, can you imagine what they're thinking. Can you imagine what you'd be thinking? Why are you a shepherd anyway? You probably don't like people. And so, like, crowds aren't your thing. You like sheep. They don't talk back. They may wander a little bit, but they don't, like, give you trouble. And so, you're kind of out there. In fact, What's fascinating to me is who gets this message. It's the shepherds. Shepherds in the first century, we don't have shepherds here. You're not going to drive down Alvernon and see a group of shepherds and a flock of sheep. You're just not going to find it. You'll see people coming in and out of stores, but you're not going to find sheep and shepherds. What you're going to experience or what you'll find in the first century is that shepherds were really nobodies. And they were kind of the low man in the totem pole when it came to the cultural distribution of giftings and connections. They were often criminals. They were often people of just kind of ill will. They were people who were probably spiritual zeros in a lot of ways and in a lot of people's minds. And yet this is the group of people that God says, my Christmas message it's going to start with them. 
See, when you invite people to a party, you start with the people closest to you. That's who you invite. That's who I invite. Let's be honest. You invite people that you like. You invite people that you care about. You may eventually get down the list and you go, okay, we got a little bit more room. And you invite people who are acquaintances, co-workers that you're like, eh, I kind of like them. Uh, you know, right? And you may invite them a little bit. But you don't go beyond that threshold. What's amazing about the Christmas message is that God does. Why? Because his message is an all-skate kind of message. His message at Christmas is, it isn't for exclusives. It isn't for the elites. It's for everybody. For anyone. And so to prove the point, he says, okay, uh, we're going to do, we're going to roll out this story a little bit different. And we're going to roll out this story in a way that the people who felt and maybe feel like they're castaways and they're outcasts and they're passed over, we're going to do it in a dramatic kind of way that they can't miss. So it's not going to be just one angel. In fact, I'm going to open up heaven and all you angels get to sing a stanza or two because we want to blow the socks off the people who think they've been passed over. Why? Because that's the kind of message we have. That's the kind of message that we're about. Shepherds were not very popular people. And to, to this very unpopular group, God says, I'm showing up to you first. You're the first to get the RSVP. You're the first to get the invite. It's a clear night. It's outside the city. Let's be honest, sheep stink. I don't know if you realize that or not. You ever been on a farm? Isn't it interesting that God says we're like his sheep? Let's be honest, we all kind of stink a little bit. We're all a little broken. We're all a little messed up. God says, I still love you. You're mine. And it's to the people who are standing watch over this. God dispatches this angel to this region of the world on this particular night with this particular special message and says, it's for you first. It's going to be for everyone, but I just want you to know, I think you're worth giving a message to. And so I'm going to pick you first. The night sky lights up. God's glory shines around them. They're invited. The angel says, for unto you is born in the city of David, a savior. Who's a savior? Well, it's a rescuer, a redeemer, a deliverer. Who's this Christ? Well, he's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the Lord. He's the master, master and the real ruler of it all. And so packed into the simple statement is a host, uh, a plethora of theology to unpack the reality that this is the one that the whole Old Testament has been pointing to. This is the one that marks the whole Jewish religion understanding. This is the one you've been waiting for. And the announcement to the shepherds was the announcement of the kingdom. And here's the announcement of the kingdom. God's kingdom seeks out those who feel like they've already missed out. And what if his church continued to echo that message. That this message, this God, 
His kingdom is about seeking out those who feel like they've already missed out. And it starts with them. And it invites them closer. That maybe we're meant to announce in our here and now that the reach of the kingdom, the reach of God's message is that no one is beyond his reach. And that it's an all skate. And it's for anyone and for everyone. I love that God chooses shepherds first. God loves shepherds. Abel, Moses, David, Amos are all shepherds. Psalm 23, God refers to himself as the great shepherd. Jesus will grow up and talk about himself as I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. In fact, I lay down my life for them. This whole shepherding motif you'll see all throughout the pages of the scriptures. So much of it is about this God message that this, he would be the good shepherd, the one who is the kingly shepherd, who watches over his people. This angel takes notice and says, look, this baby is going to be wrapped in cloths. Well, duh, every baby is wrapped in cloths. You know this as a parent. How many of you are a parent? You practice wrapping your baby like a burrito. It's pretty awesome. Let's be honest. You wrap them up like a little burrito and you carry them around. That's what it is. That's not unique. What's unique is where Jesus is laid. That's what the angel is telling the shepherds. Where you'll find him is unique. What's interesting is that this whole idea uh, of uh, Jesus being put into a manger is not only fulfilling many little prophecies. You're going to see little prophecies being fulfilled all over. In fact, uh, to put a numeric value to all those prophecies coming to be uh, all wrapped up into one person, that that one person can fulfill those is just astronomical. And yet Jesus does. And that's what you'll see when you start comparing the Old Testament to the New Testament story, the story of Christmas. You start to see all this begin to line up. And the likelihood of it happening is just impossible. Yet we know all things are possible with God. And he lines it up and he does it. And it's amazing what you begin to see. All these prophecies taking place. We know from Isaiah 53 that it teaches that this is the epitome of humility in essence. Baby, Jesus is laid in a manger. You know what a manger is? It's a feeding trough for animals. That's what it is. It's not a Serta mattress. It's not a sleep number. It's a feeding trough. Think about that. The Messiah didn't come in royalty that he deserved. No one's going to see a halo around Jesus' head as he walks around. He's not going to walk above ground and above in the air um, where everyone else can see, well, strictly he is completely different. We do know he walked on water at least once, and that's pretty cool. I can't do that. You can't do that. And so there is some uniqueness here, but Jesus doesn't point out or hold on to his uniqueness. In fact, his whole entire life he lives from this, this posture of humility from the very beginning. Throughout his life, he's demonstrating this is how you live, out of humility. Jesus would later go on to teach that he was the bread of life. That those who look to me will never hunger and thirst again. Do you think he ever connected the dots back to how it all started? In a feeding trough. A declaration 
you'll find satisfaction and substance in me. You can only imagine as these shepherds are living with the story that's unfolded right before them. One angel shows up, that's fearful enough, and then suddenly a stadium-filled uh, arena of angels echoes a couple stanzas of a song, and then they all disappear. What would you think? Would it give you pause? Would, would, you, would there be some exhilaration and some, some adrenaline pumping through your veins, perhaps? As you begin, like, okay, no message in my entire life has ever come across like this. Maybe we should go and investigate a little bit. What did the angel say? Okay, nearby, uh, in the city of David. Okay, we know that's Bethlehem. Uh, you'll find him wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Okay, we could go, I guess we could just go look around for that. And so off they go, and they leave their sheep. And they're pursuing the Lamb of God. Remember what John the Baptist said? Here's Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you see all the connections happening? So they go in, in pursuit of trying to find Jesus. Can you imagine Mary and Joseph? They've had to travel because there's this census that's going on. And not only is the craziness of their stories being interrupted that we looked at last week, but now, like, now they have to actually travel. And Mary, I'm sorry, you're going to be nine months pregnant and about ready to give birth, and, and we're going to have you travel uh, quite a ways. And when you get there, there's going to be no hotels. And there's no hotels, and then there's no motels. And you know the difference, right? And then there's no Airbnbs. In fact, all we got is this little kind of stable out back of a house, and it's got a manger, a feeding trough. Good luck. And that's how the story of Jesus starts. Now, add to that story the riffraff showing up. Can you imagine? You're there. You don't know nobody. I mean, you don't know anyone in the city. You not only have had to give birth in pretty tough circumstances, there's no Airbnb, there's no hospital, there's, like, you're here. And then, like, shepherds show up and peer over the wall at you. Creepy? I mean, when we invite people to our house, like, we kind of know they're coming, and so we prepare, we get the, you know, the, we get the little vacuum thing to, to vacuum, and we, and we clean up, but, like, when people show up unannounced, we still feel a little weirded out by it, but it's okay. But like when strangers show up, that's a little odd, right? And it's shepherd strangers, right? Who we know is kind of like the low totem pole of occupations in the first century. It's a riffraff. It's kind of criminal-like. We don't know. They're sketchy. And yet they're here. And they begin telling us a story about our baby. Can you imagine what that would have felt like? I mean, don't even get me started on the little drummer boy when he shows up. It just, <laughs> bad dad joke. Okay, so anyway, so the shepherds are there, right? And then when they leave, what do they do? Well, it's this understanding that God's good news is not just for good people. It's for all people. And as a church and as a follower of Jesus, do we champion that? See, it's easy to share the good news with good people. It may be more challenging to share the good news with all people. And that's the Christmas message. Luke 2, 17, 18 says this, When they had seen him, 
So they went there. They saw him. They spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds became the first missionaries of the gospel of Jesus. Why? Because they're just sharing the good news. It's one beggar telling another beggar where to find the hope that they found. It's one person who's struggling says to another person who's struggling, you got to know where the hope is. Here it is. No one is ever beyond the reach of God's hand and the reach of God's grace. That's the message of the story of Christmas. It's an unbelievable, eternal message from a limitless God to an inexhaustible number of people for all time. It's an all-skate. God's message to the world, uh, think of it in, in kind of fourfold kind of way. God's message is for real people who live a real life. These are real people living a real life. They're not looking for Jesus. They were told about him, and then they went looking. They're just doing their thing. They're shepherds. It's what they do. They're out there in the dark. They're with the sheep, and then their lives get interrupted. Why? Because God says your life matters to me, and so therefore I'm going to interrupt you and let you in on a little secret, that I have good news for you, and it's for all people, including you, because my message is a message that seeks out those who feel like they've missed out. That's what I'm about, and so it's a message for real people. The Christian message is not for perfect people, it's for real people, for all people. Do you champion that? Do you live with that kind of heart? Because it's not for a certain genre. It's not for a certain type. It's not for the elites. It's for everybody and anybody. God's message uh, into this world is good news. And good news sometimes comes with a stark reality. Good news that you get from a doctor, even when you're struggling with an illness that you have to battle, is, is sometimes tough news, right? But it's good news because when you wade through it, it's actually going to lead to your good in the end. See, this message catches these shepherds at first. Their first reaction is fear. God, what, I don't know any what is happening right now, but like you're big and I'm little. And there's this separation and there's this difference between what you are and what you're saying and who I am and what I believe about myself. And that's the stance. That's the posture. But the angel speaks into that. No, no, no. This is a message for you also. And you may feel like you have this posture, but I'm here to tell you a message of good news. You don't have to be afraid. Fear starts out in this encounter because we know that God is a holy God. And we know if we're just real, because we're real people with a real life, that we're not. I'm not. You're not. And so it feels like there's this separation. Revelation 6.17 says this, For the great day of his wrath will come, and who will be able to stand before God? None of us can stand before him in and of ourselves. We can stack up all of our merits besides the merits of a perfect and holy God and are simply don't and won't 
ever measure up. And part of understanding the good news is understanding the tough news and, and the bad news. That the bad news is you can never work your way in a relationship with God, and, and yet God worked his way toward a relationship with you. He went first. He made a way. That's the beauty of the gospel. That we don't receive grace because we earn it. We receive it because he, it's offered to us. And we can reach out and take it. And that sense of fear then turned into a sense of joy, of sweet relief and peace of the soul. That what they felt at first changed. And they began to feel the grace and the love of this message of Christmas. That it wasn't a message of judgment and condemnation. Rather, it was a message of grace, of a savior, not a condemner. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. You know why you need a Savior? Because <laughs> you need one. Because you can't save yourself. Remember John 3.16? You probably heard it before. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever read John 3.17? The verse right after it? Because I think it captures the message of Christmas. God loves, so God gave. If you believe, you can receive. That's John 3.16. John 3.17. For God did not send his son into this world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. That is the message of Christmas. That's the hope that we have. God's message to the world demands a decision. It's not just a message that you can hear and go, okay, well, that's nice information. It's actually pushing you. It's demanding from you a decision. What are you going to do that you've got this message? See, you get a ton of messages throughout your day. But this is a message that's meant to stop you in your tracks. And it's not meant to stop you in your tracks just so you can go, that's really nice to hear. It's meant to stop you in your tracks so that you make a decision when the message is put before you. What are you going to do with it? Ultimately, that's the decision that's coming forth. These shepherds decided to act on the message. They didn't go throughout this whole experience and go, wow, that was pretty awesome. Should write about that in my journal tonight. They acted upon it. It pushed them to say, I, I think, I feel, I sense that I need to pursue this. Like there's something bigger going on here. And so they took a journey. See, God's message to the world at Christmas is a message that demands a decision, at least a wrestling with it. And so that's the invitation that we want to put forth as a church. We want to be a church that proclaims the message of Christmas. This is an all-skate kind of message. It's for anyone and everyone. And yet it's not a message that just says it's okay to placate and okay just to go, okay, that was really nice. I feel better. No, no. It's a message that's meant to push you a little bit, to say what are you going to do with it now that you've heard it? Are you just going to ignore it? You have that option. You can set it aside. You have that option. But you can't just tune it out. 
It's actually pushing you to make a decision. God's message to the world demands a decision. Why? Because it's God's message that actually changes lives. That's the message of Christmas. It's not just a nice story. It's a life-changing, life-giving kind of story. That's meant to change you. And notice what happened to the shepherds. They have this experience. They have this encounter. And then their newfound faith prompts them to do two things. I'm going to tell others about this Jesus. And I'm going to praise God. That's what happened to the shepherds. Can I just frankly ask you? The message of Christmas has come before you. It's changed your life for a lot of you. What are you doing about it now? Because if it's just a good message that's changed you, and that's nice, see, it's a message that demands a decision. Are you willing to share that? These shepherds became the very first missionaries. Are you willing to be a person who shares your God's story Here's what God's doing in my life. He's changing me. And I just want to tell you about it. Don't be weird about it. Don't be wacko about it. Just be normal about it. Talk about it. If God has changed your life, that's the invitation. I can either hoard this or I can share this. You only have two options. And so the challenge of Christmas is to say, hey, is this a story worth sharing? Or are you just going to hoard it? And if it's worth sharing, then what would that look like for your coworker, for your friend, your neighbor, your teammate? What would it look like to begin to allow your life to open up a little bit, to say, hey, you know what? You matter to me. And because you matter to me, i got to tell you about what's who matters to me? And, and, like, I don't know if you know the Christmas story. I'm not telling you to give a four-point sermon or, or to lay out the entire gospel in a track. I, and maybe it's part of that, but maybe it's just simply sharing your story. Here's what God's doing in my life. And I'm still trying to figure a part of this out, but I'm, I'm telling you, my life is on a totally different trajectory than where it was, like, before Jesus. And now I've met Jesus, and he's changing me. And, and I just want to tell you about it. And maybe the story of of Christmas, the message of Christmas, would begin to well up in your own heart a a passion to want to praise God, a passion to want to worship a little bit more. That's the invitation, I think, of the message of Christmas. The story of Christmas asks you to consider the shepherd's conclusions. Have you received God's message that he sent at Christmas? Have you met the Savior? Has he become your Savior? And what have you done with Jesus? How is Jesus changing you? How is he inviting you to share his story? How is he inviting you to let your life be filled with praise? That's what happened to them. Why? Because the message is an amazing truth and reality. Why? Because it's good news. It's not bad news. It's not condemnation. It's an invitation to the joy and to the hope that we all need. Can you think of a better year 
to share a message of hope? Come on. Look around. Can you think of a better year where people need to hear this? They need to hear your story of why you have hope. And why you have hope is because of a who. It's because a Savior was born. And somewhere along the way, he found you and you found him. And the invitation now is will you share that or will you just hoard it? And what if you did share it? That the, the kingdom message is really to say, that the kingdom message seeks those who feel like they already missed out. And that no one is ever beyond the reach of hope. I think that's what the shepherds got that night. I think that's what we have as a church. And whether you're watching online or you're here in the room, that's the invitation I have for you. In fact, if you're watching um, and you've never said yes to a savior. See, God didn't send you a life coach. He didn't send you an assistant. He didn't send you uh, a counselor only. He sent you a savior because you needed it. If you're here in the room, he sent you a savior. And so the invitation real simply is this. Have you heard the Christmas message? And if you have, have you ever responded to it? Because it's a message that demands a decision. You can table it. You can ignore it. That's your choice. Or you can respond to it. How do you respond to it? I think real simply you just say, Jesus, I need you. Some people say, well, you've got to pray this. They call it the sinner's prayer. You know, you're not going to find that in the Bible. It's not there. I think it's a posture of the heart it says sure I can live life my way but it seems like Jesus got this figured out a lot better than I do and I think I need him and so if you're online talk with a host if, if you're willing to get to that place of just saying I need Jesus then like there's a little button where you can click to say hey I'm raising my hand I need Jesus and if you're here in the room in a moment we're going to sing a song and I'm going to invite you to respond to that I'm going to be sitting right down here I'd love to talk with you about it I'd love to celebrate with you saying yes to Jesus and now if you're a follower of Jesus you've been walking with him for a while the challenge is real simply will you share the story will you ask God to help you become a person who's willing to share the story. Because the message of Christmas is an all-skate kind of message. Everyone and anyone. And no one is beyond the reach of his hope. So, Father, uh, as we prepare to sing here, I pray for friends that are watching online that 
have maybe never said yes to Jesus, but right now they're, they're kind of feeling a tug to say, gosh, I got to stop living life my own way. I got I to gotta say yes to the Savior who has been born from me. Maybe in the room, you're doing the same in someone's heart. I pray that they would have the courage to respond to you, to say, Jesus, I need you. For all of us who are followers of you, Jesus, I pray that you would put it upon our hearts, one person or two people, that maybe you are already searching and active in their life, in the background, the backstory of their life, and you want to tag team with us to be people who share our story and your story with them. I pray that this Christmas season and going into this new year, we would have a heart desire to want to reach out, to share that story with those who need it. I pray as we linger into worship here, God, would you stir our hearts in a fresh and anew as we aim our attention, our affection toward you. Would you help us to experience you afresh in this Christmas season? That you weren't distant and shouting instructions to us, but you are Emmanuel who is God with us, God among us, God right next to us. That you're a God who delivers a message right to where we're at on the dark side of a hill and that you find us even there and say this message is for you. Each one of us, somewhere along the line, the message reached us. Would you help us become people who share that well with others? stars are brightly shine it is the night of our dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and terror pine till he appeared and the soul felt its worth The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh. Love is love. 
and his gospel is peace. Chains he shall break for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. making it out tonight and joining us for church, whether you're here, whether you're at home. Uh, we just appreciate your presence with us that we get to worship together. Uh, so a couple things. Of course, we've got Christmas Eve, Eve coming up this week. So Thursday, we're going to have a 4 o'clock. We're going to have a 6 o'clock here in the room. Uh, so feel free to join us for that. If you can't make it here in person, that's great. You can tune in online as well. Uh, same link that you would get to uh, the services tonight would get you uh, to see Christmas Eve as well. Uh, also want to make sure that you know uh, about the blessing project. Again, that's in the app. Uh, and so this month, uh, whatever money's coming in to the church, whether you're giving your tithes, uh, all of that, we're going to take 10% of that. And we want to give that away uh, come January. So as you reach the end of your giving, if God's putting it on your heart uh, or if God's putting it on your taxes to give a little bit extra money, uh, feel free to uh, pass that along. And we want to use that to bless other people here in the community, other organizations and ministries that need that. Uh, so feel free to join us for that. Uh, also, uh, gosh, we're starting up. What's the other one? There's one other really important one. Next week, we're not uh, meeting here next week. That's the important one, because if you were to show up here next week, you're going to be really lonely, and that would be really funny for us if we're going to just sit there and laugh at every... No, we're not going to do that. That's terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, we don't want you to show up next week by yourself. So uh, we're going to be online only, uh, so you can stream that through the app. You can stream that elements, uh, citychurch.org. There's a link to that there as well. Uh, fun fact, it's also on YouTube. I don't know if people know that. So YouTube, you can stream through that. Um, so fun facts tonight with Lyle. 
How about that? So, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming out. We've got so much that's going on, so make sure that you're in the app. Jack's going to be in the back for the 10-minute party, uh, so go say hey to him if you're new and you want to get a little bit more about the church. Um, otherwise, Merry Christmas. We look forward to seeing you come Christmas Eve, and we won't see you in person next week. We'll see you online. Take care.